We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Hebrew Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. And with me today, it's just me. I'm going to hold it down for you today. I feel like today would be a, a good day just to converse, just me and chat to figure out what's going on, how we're feeling, where are we, and, and what went wrong last night. Because it, it was certainly a strange game that I think none of us kind of anticipated it to look that way. I think we all had um, versions at which it could go bad, but that certainly, I didn't have any of that on my bingo card, uh, especially really they're, they're, you know, they're, they're shooting at the rim, I think. For me, uh, will be the lasting memory of that game. And we'll talk about all that in a second. Uh, Crab and chat says I'm on a hunger strike until Alex holds Bam accountable. Uh, me too. Uh, I'm hungry and uh, I haven't eaten in a long time. So, you know, me and you, Crab. Uh, we all need to have accountability right now, and we're going to do that here uh, on this podcast. So shout out to chat for joining me. Shout out to Blue Wire for making this all possible. And shout out to Miami Gaming Party, our sponsor for this uh, playoff plus play and run, uh, because you deserve a customized gaming experience. Miami Gaming Party delivers private custom video game tournaments for gamers and their lucky guests. This is truly custom. You can pick the game and get the package premium or black tie VIP for up to eight to 16 people. They bring it all everything from PS5s to trophies for the winners. Play at home or at a venue of your choosing free on site consultation. Perfect for birthday parties, bachelor parties, anniversaries, corporate events, anything you want to celebrate, even the death of this heat season. Maybe you can hold your own 2K tournament and have the heat win it. You know, they could, you could simulate them being the Hawks. We could all feel better. Check out MiamiGamingParties.com for more information. Check them out on Twitter at GamingParties, on Instagram at Miami underscore Gaming underscore Parties, or search Miami Gaming Parties on Facebook. A couple things went wrong last night. I got chat. You had Gio and chat saying, fuck this team. We have Mr. We have Mr. Uh, Santana saying, Bam is a liability. Uh, I might uh, be Ray says, what the fuck was last night? Was Bam afraid to go grab a rebound? Like, seriously. Um, well, I believe he finished with nine, and he was a team high with 14 box outs. But 
listen, there are problems in 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 their game, and I think that we could start with Bam. I think we should start with Bam because I I think a lot of people are upset with him, and I see the timeline is killing him today. He's the the one that is being traded, which is weird as a as a Kyle Lowry lifer. I'm used to Kyle being the one that's being traded, but not today. Today is a today is a trade Bam day. It's not even a trade Tyler day. It's usually one of those two, but today's a today is for sure a trade Bam day. And I I think I think fans have the right to be upset at Bam. I think you know his his production in the playoffs always takes a hit, and it's frustrating because you want them to be like Jimmy and Dwayne and LeBron and Chris Bott. Well, you know, you want them to be at that level that, you know, they're going to fucking improve their game going into the playoffs. You know, Bam finishing with 12, 9, and 4 with three steals and two blocks. You know, it's a nice stat line, but, you know, the 41% shooting, all the misses at the rim, the the fact that they just completely massacred Miami on the boards, um, it's a problem. It's a problem, and, and I think you want those scoring numbers to go up. If he's 20 and 9, I don't really think we're talking about this as much. I don't think the rebounding is really a him issue. I mean, he finished with 9. I think on a night like yesterday, you want him at 12. I know Siobhan tweeted about his body language hasn't been there and, and wasn't there last night. You know, I, I she is a player. I will not enter that domain. But, you know, he needs to score more. I think that's something that I think it's fair for fans to ask. There were several possessions where he was uh, he'd he'd be on the elbow and he's just waiting for a DHO instead of looking at the basket, and it just kind of felt like he defaulted to his worst habits. And I think to pretend that he hasn't grown this season <clears throat> is unfair. I think he's taken several several leaps on offense that we didn't think he'd have. And I thought yesterday was a night when things started to go bad. And I think when things go bad, you revert to your worst habits. I think that goes for anybody. I think that goes for, you know, anybody who's ever played sports, anybody who's, you know, does anything at life. You know, when things go bad, you revert to your bad habits, you know, or, or you know, I play esports, and I play melee, and I know that I certainly uh, go back to my bad habits uh, when, you know, I'm uncomfortable or I'm not playing well. I think we all have these default things that we do that are, are kind of easy and they ultimately are, are typically never the solution to, to what we need to do. And I think that's what happened to Bam last night. And I don't, obviously it's not a game that he'll want to look back on fondly. I do think that he's the one along with Lowry that, that flipped that game in the second and third quarter when, you know, really his defense got amped up to 12, uh, forcing turnover after turnover from Atlanta, just being a menace as, as a switch big. Uh, and drop whatever they did. Anchoring, you know, he was just absolutely incredible. I, I don't even recall them playing any zone last night, which I thought was kind of weird given kind of the circumstances. But I think, you know, their defense was what failed them yesterday more than anything. And I said this on Hangover Time. They, you know, their offense is what it is. And you might have nights <clears throat> where Kyle has a great game. You might have nights where Jimmy has a great game. You might have nights where Bam has a great scoring day or Tyler or, or Max or whoever, right? You might you might you might just randomly get these nights and you roll with that and you take what you can get. They broke a hundred, you know, for this team, that's a big deal, even against a bad Hawks defense. But they lost this game on defense because they could not I, I don't think that they I don't think they had a good game plan for what Atlanta threw at them. 
they did not swarm the ball the way that I thought they should and the way that they have. They were not physical enough with Trey Young early. Um, some of that was kind of foul trouble. I think Gabe leaving the game really, you know, when they started to get physical, you kind of saw the way the Hawks were cracking. They blew a 24-point lead. There were moments where you say, okay, yeah, I see the I see the vision. <clears throat> get really physical, you know, swarm the ball, have bodies flying, make those passes difficult. And credit to Atlanta, I think they responded back to Miami's runs, you know, very, very adequately and timely. I don't think they overreacted to things, which I think is an improvement for them because as a as a relatively young team with some veterans, um, you know, they've played big games, but I think that in, in the series against Miami, they would get punched in the mouth and they would not respond and they kind of just fell apart. But yesterday you kind of saw them. And that's credit to, to Coach Snyder, who I think is a lot better than Nate McMillan, especially at kind of tactical adjustments, I think. One of the big things they did yesterday, um, and it's funny because I talked about this on our preview of their of the Heat defense, that they need to get Trey Young as a helper, you know, as a low man, right? So the low man is whoever's guarding the weak side corner. You know, that guy is now the, the, the you know, he's low, you know, close to the basket, and he's going to have to rotate as that last helper. Right. And what the what the Hawks did was they made Lowry that low man because Kyle had to guard. Kyle had to defend um, Hunter. And by because of the way that Miami's matchups worked out. So Kyle on Hunter Hunter, you know, in the corner, you know, good adjustment by by Quinn Snyder. And they made Kyle the low man and really has no chance against Capella, you know, and shot credit to Capella because did not bring the ball low. Cause that's really where Kyle's going to get guys kept the ball up. And really you just have no shot at, at a six foot point guard defending a seven footer rolling to the basket, as opposed to Atlanta who, you know, they did, they did not bail. They, they bailed out on shooters, which is funny because it's not what they typically do on defense. So again, credit to Snyder. They had two, three guys in the paint. They were waiting for bam. They were sitting on that. And I think that they, you know, Bam got to the rim early. They missed some layups. I think the size bothered him and Jimmy. And then they never went to their counters. At least Bam for sure didn't, uh, which is the jump shot, which is, you know, the kind of stop and pop jumper. Uh, I, I can't. He's t he only took like a few the whole game, and they were kind of out of duress, not out of, you know, positions of strength. Um, I think he tried to force stuff a little bit because of his kind of bad early play, and I thought that kind of spiraled offensively for him. And, you know, Atlanta got the benefit of that. You know, really, Kyle and Tyler had it going, and none of these guys did. Jimmy missed layup after layup. Uh, they, I mean, he and Bam just smoked a ton, right? And and if they're going to – I believe they shot sub-50% in the restricted area, which you're not going to win games like that, and I believe it was less in the, you know, in the overall painted area. You're not going to win basketball games. You know, when you're getting clubbed on the boards, and, you know, that's happening to you as well. So – I think Atlanta did some things tactically. I think Miami for sure adjusted. <clears throat> I thought one of the big adjustments was, well, A, I know that Alf really wanted to play Kevin Love. Um, but, you know, Kevin Kevin gave up, you know, he was, he, they, they scored four for four on Kevin in his whatever minute and a half stint. And they were just picking on him specifically every time. And I think Spo saw that and is like, you know what? I, I don't, and maybe he didn't trust him kind of banging the boards out there and when he was out on the perimeter, you know, they were just selling out and I don't think he's been a good enough shooter that you're, 
you know, if your offense is ending with Kevin Love threes, I don't think you're happy if you're Miami. So I understand them being like, never mind. This is not, you know, this is not his game. He, I know he missed his first few. Uh, so, you know, Miami, Miami kind of pivoted there and went to, um, went to Zeller. I thought the depot move was a bit of a panic move by Spo. I wasn't a fan. I don't have not liked Oladipo this season. He looked completely out of sorts, did not look like he was in any good position. I felt that they let Trey Young play one-on-one too often. They were not sending help. They were not. And, and that's partly Atlanta. The Atlanta did the thing that Miami does. They were emptying corners. They were kind of raising kind of the whole tide of the of the floor. And they were emptying corners and relocating it to them. I thought they played a very, very good game. And despite all that, Miami still made a run because they're just better than Atlanta. They almost they had no business beating them, and they almost better teamed them. Because they just have like more like talent, like you know what I mean? Like Jimmy's just better than all of them. And and, and Bam is, is like a really talented, great player who, like I said, dominated the game in the second and third quarter defensively. And they kind of ran out of gas. And that's what you get for putting yourself in that hole. You put yourself in a 24-point hole. I, I, that's what's going to happen. I don't know amount of Kyle Lowry heroics, right? And you got, the, you got the good Kyle game, right? Like you got the game that you wanted out of a guy who's not giving you that kind of scoring production. Um and, and then everybody kind of, you know, I, I joke, you know, Jimmy Butler has failed Kyle Lowry. And that's kind of where that goes. So uh, Frankie and chat says they did play some zone, but not much. Offensive rebounds galore, which is a product of the switching, right? They had to switch. And then Atlanta made the adjustment because Miami went really, really switch heavy. And Atlanta's like, okay, well, let's sit on that. Let's let's make sure Capella's down, the, down low, Okongu, Collins, whoever. And we're going to get offensive rebounds. <clears throat> I saw that. They, they got, what was it, 17 offensive rebounds off Miami's missed threes. It was something insane like that. It was an Anthony Chang stat, um, which some of that's bad luck too. There was one possession where um, where Bam had boxed out, totally gotten him out of the play, um, uh, Capella, and the ball bounced over Bam's head into Capella, practically out of bounds, and Capella got the offensive rebound. Not your night, man. Not your night. They didn't shoot the ball well either, except for Kyle. So, you know, what, what are you going to do at that point? Uh, Mr. Santana 305 says Jimmy needs another superstar talent. Someone who goes coast to coast, draws foul, shoot mid-range. He had that last night. His He had that last night. Where was he? Where was he? He got that. I don't want to hear today Jimmy needs more help. That's not what I want to hear today. Because Jimmy fucking no-showed. So I don't want to hear people be like, Jimmy needs help. Where was he? You know what I mean? Like, that's the other thing that's been annoying about today. And there's been a lot of things annoying about Twitter today. But everyone's like, well, you see, Jimmy needs help. And I was like, where was Jimmy? Because Jimmy was the one. If Jimmy makes, like, four more layups, I don't know what kind of conversation we're having. I mean, dog, you were six for 19. What is that? Are you James Harden? Like, what's going on there? You know what I mean? Six for 19. Kyle was 11 for 19. Uh, 11 for 16. Kyle shot 70% from the 69. Nice. Percent from the field. You know, Bam was 5 for 12. Why, Bam, why are you only taking 12 shots? Uh, Tyler, 12 for 23, 52% from the from the floor, right? Like a good balanced scoring game, 26. He Tyler got six rebounds. You know, Tyler, I know that there's that stat uh, going around that Tyler had no ha- had no box outs, you know. I, don't, I think that's a bad stat to look at, you know. I think some of them, you know, obviously you want your guys to always box out. Some guys box out more than one person and your guards rebound. Like there's like factors that go into that. Should be the small league says, why is G dressed up like a dried up, what like a rolled up 
dryer lint. I'm wearing a gray shirt and a hat. What's going on? My friend recently got married. I was uh, I was part of the bride tribe, so you know I wore my shirt that I wore to the bachelorette party. Um, shout out to uh, shout out to my homie Karina. You guys, you guys, you guys love making fun of what I wear. I, I can't, I can't get a win with you guys. I'm wearing my, my championship hat and everything. Uh, Frankie said, Bam's fault. Jimmy missed a lot of wide open dunks. Yeah, man. It's like, they just, they missed a ton of shots that they make. I'm not even talking about the threes. I'm talking about the fucking easy ones. Right. And I know that Atlanta had like size in the pain and that contributed to some of it. Like, I don't want to, this is not a, like Miami totally like lost the skin themselves thing. Cause like credit to the Hawks. Like, and I think that something that fans do a lot is they just kind of blame their own team and, and not even look at what other teams are doing. Like, listen, Atlanta had a great game plan. They are like, these motherfuckers can't shoot. They can't. And what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to, we're going to send help inside that we normally don't. We're going to let them shoot. We're going to make sure that we have bodies in the paint. And when they switch, we are ready to crash. When guys shoot, we are ready to crash. They did not send help back in transition. They were ready to crash the boards because they knew they were going to have advantage because Miami's small and they're switching and Bam's on the perimeter. And really, they just have a bunch of fucking small guys inside because the problem isn't Bam. Everybody makes that today is an indictment on Bam's size. Bam still had nine rebounds. You know what I mean? Like, that's good. Like, that's, you know, you want him to have 12. That's fine. The, the issue is, is that they don't have another forward, right? Jimmy is, you know, Jimmy's your really only other forward. You know, Max is not that. You know, at best, Max is a three. Like, yeah, at best, right? And I know we talk about positionless a lot, but really they just don't have any kind of size to play defense or contest. So you need that. You need strength and size to kind of play those positions and do that out. And they didn't have any of that. And that's just kind of unfortunate that, you know, their Achilles heel, the two. So out of the four years that Jimmy has been here, two of them, they haven't had a power forward. And those have been the bad years. And then the two that they did, they were really good, right? When they had Jay Crowder, uh, and and uh, PJ Tucker, they were really good. And, and sometimes it's as simple as one piece kind of makes everything fit, but that piece needs to be the right guy. It can't be Ariza. It can't be Kevin Love. You know, you have to find the right kind of piece. And unfortunately for Miami, they need the hardest player to find, which is a wing that plays four that can shoot. And that is a premium in this league, and they are unfortunately capped out and can't get one. They may have to try to draft one. I don't know what, I don't know what the play is going to be, this offseason, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that later. But I think we all knew their Achilles heel. That guy wasn't super available uh, this year either. So, you know, they could have made improvements on the margins, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, is like their position of need they did not have. And it truly never really became available. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Zach 3-3 says, ultimately, goes back to the front office. I'm not getting any four, yeah. Um, again, I mean, they tried, but I don't really think that guy was super available. And again, they needed a position that is premium. Um, Mr. Santana 305 says, he was... Uh, he was off in a panic mode trying to fix Bam, not driving to the basket. Um, Crab is saying, isn't Capella small for a center? I just think, like, all these conversations with, like, this guy's undersized here, this guy's undersized there. At the end of the day, like, Bam size is not, like, a problem in terms of, like, playing defense or rebounding. He's a good rebounder, and he plays good defense. The problem is guys next to him, and, and, and basketball is a team sport. Rebounding is a team sport. I think that we can pretend that these things are individual and vacuumed, but they're not. And I think you need adequate size next to you to make stuff happen. And I think when, you know, that doesn't mean you need another seven footer, but a, another six, nine guy helps another six, nine guy crashing the board helps. But that guy also has to help your offense. Cause you know, you're, you're already teetering a line where your offense is really bad. So are you willing to make your offense worse? Or are you trying to split the baby? And it's not easy. And I think everybody says like, yeah, this is so easy. You just do this. And, and I, I just don't, I just don't look, I don't see it that easy. I see it incredibly difficult to find the exact right kind of guy, because let's be honest, trying to build a title team around two non-shooters is very, very, very difficult. Offense is so critical in this league and being able to stop them is so critical in this league. And for the most part, they've been able to do the stopping part, but they can't do the scoring part. And this season at the end, it all fell apart, uh, which is kind of rare, but you know, they they need to figure out how to not compromise their defense while also being able to score. And I think even adding a guy like Kuzma or Rui, who are shaky to bad shooters, doesn't like help you. And I think that they understood that, and it's why they never made those kinds of moves, especially right up against the tax line. Because if you make a mistake, you're you're stuck. And I think they were. They took some risks, like the Duncan contract and and the Deadman thing, and they, they've they've taken risks, Kyle, and some of them haven't panned out. Some of them kind of panned out and kind of didn't. And there's only so many risks you can take. You know, they they don't they're not the Warriors. They don't have infinite resources. And even the Warriors, you know, at some point, you know, the the, the book stops, right? So I'm not here to make excuses for them, but I'm here to give explanations and to see, I could see where they were coming from. I am a little, I'm a little disappointed with the way that fans are talking today. I think that we can, you know, you can, a bam has a bad hip. I think we know that he's, his hips fucked up. He couldn't like move a week ago. Um, and I thought he gave him, you know, whatever bad game. We could, we could rip him to say like to trade him to say his ceiling is just a top 20 center. 
he's arguably the third best center in the league. You know, he's in contention every year for that all NBA spot, third at center. Uh, if you don't get weird with positions, you know, it's Embiid, Jokic, then arguably him. And I don't know. I, I just, I just don't understand like this rush to trade him. Uh, I don't understand this rush to banish him. I don't under, I just don't get it. I, I, I get fans get upset and I think that they have a right to vent. Um, that's what, right. That's what the bird app is for. I don't know. It just kind of sucks, man. And I feel like Heat fans have just been like that. And there's been a culture shift of like, it's cool to complain when complaining is never cool, right? Like, and I've used the analogy sports Karen before, but it just like in no walk of life is being a Karen saying like, I've seen so many people on Twitter say there needs to be changes. In what walk of life is saying there needs to be changes when you're talking to some sort of management person? Is that, like, ever not lame? Like, not that you can... Like, I don't know, man. Like, there's just ways to go about shit. And I just think everyone's being, like, kind of weird about it. I, I think we can... I think anybody with eyes can tell you that, obviously, they need some fixing. Right? I, I don't I don't think they need to, you know, overhaul everything. And that's also not realistic. You know, they don't have infinite draft picks. And I think anything short of tear a total teardown, you know, you you don't do that. You know, there's just no way to totally fix it. So you have to kind of play your luck at the margins and buy a couple lotto tickets. That's kind of where they are. And that's where they've been. That's pretty much where they've been since 30 and 11. And they've cashed a lot of lotto tickets. You know, um, I, you know, I, I had a tweet today. Um, I was talking about the, the players that have won titles since LeBron left. It's, and it's quite the interesting list because Miami's been in the mix at least twice. They've been they've been legit contenders, I think, twice, right? It was the, the year they made the finals and then the year that uh, last year, right? So those are the two years that they've been contenders. And these are, this is a list of titles that have gone out in order since LeBron left. Steph, LeBron, Stephen KD, Stephen KD, Kawhi, LeBron, Giannis, Steph. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. They don't have a top five guy. They have like an arguably top 10 guy for stretches, right? But that's the Jimmy build. That's the build that we're here on because you don't always have a top five player. And I think fans are like, we need to always have one of these guys. 
And the the fact of the matter is that you're just not always going to have these guys. You're not. There's just no way to always have them. Even the Spurs thought they could do it, and they couldn't. This is how it works, and it's it's unfortunate, but I, I don't know I don't know what you want out of them, you know. And we can all be mad, and we can all say like, yeah, they need to get better. I agree, they need to get better. I agree that I would like them to be a little more interested in dipping into the luxury tax. If they trade a first round pick next season, I'm going to be pretty, if they get a first round pick to like give up salary, I'm going to be pretty fucking upset. Like, I think those are things that we could be like rightfully like, man, fuck you. Like, don't do that. Like, what the fuck are you, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, they have been competitive and good. And they've had some stinkers because of the, I think this this build has some volatility because you have two non-shooters and because you're really depending on, you know, kind of flawed guys. They're all like kind of flawed in a way. And it's really a ragtag group of flawed guys down to Tyler, to Kyle, to all these dudes. So this is the build that they're stuck with. And that was their quickest path to contention instead of blowing it up. And they did. They they got out of a they got out of that twenty and eleven mess that horrible situation and parlayed that into a finals appearance and a, and an Eastern Conference game seven shot away final appearance right and and I had you know people I had fucking people call me a loser because I'm like I don't know man I, I think they've been pretty good like I think that the I think that they've been fine the last five years you know what I mean um and I was like okay well they 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 have to win every year or we're all mad. And I, I think that kind of takes the joy away from sports um, when you look at it through that binary because they're not going to win every year. You're not going to be the Warriors. You know, you can we, we were that. We've already had our <laughs> we had our turn. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, once once a repeater tax catches up to Golden State, we'll, we'll see how they deal with that. But it comes it comes for everybody. And I, I just don't I just don't want to have that energy of, of being like miserable because the team is not like, I don't know, winning every year. They've made a, they've made the finals in three different decades. I believe Boston and San Antonio are the only organizations to ever the Boston, the Lakers and San Antonio are the teams to ever only ever do that. Three consecutive finals, three consecutive decades of finals appearance. That's crazy. Look what the Kings went through. Look what the Sixers had to go through, and they can't even get to the conference finals. Boston has made one finals appearance since LeBron James got to Miami. That's a long time. That's fucking Boston. The Lakers only have one since LeBron came to Miami. The Lakers. The Spurs have two. So... I think that we overestimate the difficulty of being competitive and winning all the time. And I, I just, I find that a little ridiculous. I don't know. I'm not here to carry water for uh, suits. I've never been one to do that. But I also think like we have to keep our expectations reasonable. And I don't know, maybe I get killed for this. Who knows? Uh, that's just how I feel. I'm, I And I think they've had horrible luck. I thought last year their injury luck was total shit. 
Everybody got hurt at the wrong time. Jimmy missed a fucking game in the Eastern Conference Finals. Jimmy missed a fucking game in the Conference Finals. They won that game because Bam was awesome. But, you know, Jimmy missed time. In the finals that they actually made, Bam and Goran Dragic went down. And that doesn't matter to anybody. That doesn't count to them, I guess. That's not bad luck. You can't control that. You can't. It's it's like RNG. I was watching a video today about speedrunning Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. One of the great games of all time. And uh, it was, uh, it was if you've played, you get emblems per mission that you accomplish. And there are some missions tied to uh, the Chow Garden. If you know the Chow Garden, uh, you know what it is. And uh, a lot of the Chow activities for emblems are super RNG. You know, like the Chow races or the Chow boxing. There's nothing you could do. And sometimes that kills your speedrun. You know, it's, you, you, a speedrun is this incredibly precise thing, and and sometimes some shit that you have no control over just fucks you, or that or the or the gem hunting missions. You know, you get a, a you get shit RNG, and it absolutely fucking kills your speedrun. I love how Chad is saying such a great game. It's a classic, dude. It's one of my favorite games ever. What what a what an iconic game. Um, but if you like it, check out that video. It's actually really cool. Um. Uh, the I'll tell you the title now. Uh, I'm 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 shilling someone else's content. Uh, it's a Sonic Adventure 2 Battle is trying to kill your speed run. So take a look at that. It's by uh, Nil Folan. He's actually a melee player, so shout out to him for his content. But yeah, City Escape is uh City Escape's a great song. Uh, Mummy's Milk always makes me laugh. In chat, uh, nice color matching shirt and hat today. That was on purpose. I have I have the black I have the back and black hat, but uh, I went I went gray on gray. Shout out to Bride Tribe Covenant. Shout out to my friend who got married uh, last weekend. I bombed the speech, by the way. I bombed it. She picked me because she thought because I do a podcast and I've done so for 10 years and I'm on camera that I would uh, that I'd be good at public speaking. She was very wrong. That was a disaster of a speech. Absolute fucking disaster. I felt so bad. That was my one job. We're like she's like practically my best friend and, and I had one job. She had a maid of honor. It was a very like small, uh, like bride, like bridal party and and like groomsmen thing, whatever. And she's like, "Well, you you know, my maid of honor is not speaking. You're speaking." And I go, "Okay." There are only two speakers: her, the best man, and me. And uh, yeah, fumbled, absolutely fumbled. So that was uh, that was pretty funny. Crab uh, said, "Did I ruin her wedding day? Probably. Probably. I did get I did get really drunk, and I did fall at some point. I don't know whether she saw me." But I did fall. Uh, I did slip. It was it was outside though. It wasn't in the it wasn't at the it wasn't at the reception hall. I was uh, I don't remember what I was doing, but I I fell. That shit. My life just turned sideways. It was it was pretty funny. Totally forgot what we were talking about. Oh yeah, basketball. Um, how their injuries are are random, and they just got kind of fucked by by some shit that was out of their control. Uh, last year, Kyle and Max and PJ and Jimmy and, and, and everybody's injury. Tyler's as well. Tyler missed the last two games. Um, that happens. That happens. And, and sometimes you just you eat your bad luck. Um, I know other people aren't going to care and they're just going to want blood. And that's fine. I just think that the I just think that the that the daily sports zeitgeist and discoursing. I don't know. It's just gotten miserable and it's just name calling and its agenda it's agenda having. And one of the things I noticed was, so you guys know me, I'm a, I'm a hater first and an analyst second. And I spend more time hating on the Sixers and the Knicks than I do on heat stuff. I fucking hate them. 
And I've realized that he fans don't hate other teams anymore. They just hate their own team. And I was like, what are we, the Kings? Like, uh, what's going on here? Like, we'll, we'll, the Sixers and the Knicks are right there to hate. Like, they're they're right there. We can We can hate them together. We can make fun of them. The Knicks are, like, excited about being the five seed. That's easy. That's easy content. The Sixers are, like, you know, going to be us another second round out. Udonis Haslam just scored more points than Ben Simmons ever did as a net. Where we could, There's so much we have. And yet we focus our attention on making fun of Bam. That is so lame. Where's the fun in that? Why are you guys not having fun? This is supposed to be fun. Yes, seasons can be miserable. The most fun I've ever had was some of those miserable nothing seasons with Justice and Josh. You know? I don't know, man. It's just... Sometimes, you know, a sports season can be sad. My Liverpool season stinks. I hate it. I'm a Liverpool fan. We fucking suck. We're not going to make Champions League. We have to watch somebody else stave off City for a title. We have to watch Real Madrid hopefully keep City from winning a title in Champions. That sucks. There's there's no joy there. But we did get 7-0 against United. And I will crack my jokes. And I'll try to find something to laugh at and something to have fun with. Because, guys, you never know like when the last time you'll watch a player in your uniform is. I don't know how long Mo Salah is going to be a Liverpool Red, but I want to enjoy every second that he plays. Bobby uh, is leaving next season, you know. And that, that kind of transfers to the heat. Like, you know, you don't know, you know, when these guys are leaving. And I know, at least for Bam, I'm attached. I love that guy. Jimmy, Jimmy's, I, I realized that Jimmy's my second favorite Heat player ever yesterday. I'm like, man, it's it's like Dwayne, Jimmy, UD, and Chris Bosh. It's crazy. Like, I love that guy, and I don't want that guy to leave, but you never know when it's going to be when it's gonna be over. And I don't know. I just want to enjoy. I, I think being frustrated is good, right? I think we have a right to be frustrated and angry. Um, but that anger used to be directed other places. Now it's just directed at our own players that are supposed to bring us joy. And how could you be happy for these guys? Part of why I was happy last night for a little bit was I'm happy for Kyle, the person Kyle Lowry had his best game, arguably his best game in a heat uniform, right? I think he had his best game. Can we agree chat? Kyle Lowry had his best game in a heat uniform yesterday. And I was happy for him. Like as a dude, I'm like, man, he he needed that for him. You know, they needed that from him. God knows he's put up stinker after stinker. Um, but I was just happy that he got that. He got that moment. And it's good to feel good for the for the athlete, for the people that are bringing you this emotion. That's why we love Dwayne, right? We love we don't just love Dwayne the athlete, we love Dwayne the person. And I think when you like are constantly shitting on dudes and like undermining them, instead of being constructive, you know. How could you find joy in success? It, it success is supposed to be a journey. You should, you know what I mean. Like you have to enjoy the process. You just can't enjoy holding the trophy. I mean, maybe you can, but it's like I find that to be unsustainable. I think of writing a lot. How uh, I believe it was Dan Lebertard that says that I don't like I don't like writing. I like having written, right? And I think that that's kind of a sad and and Dan always talks about writing as this incredibly agonizing task that it's a very lonely very sad art that you have to be by yourself surrounded by your thoughts 
and all your bad ideas mostly, right? Because you're just filtering out bad ideas and your bad language and all that. It's a kind of a sad way to look at art. Uh, and this kind of plays into the torment because Dan's such an exceptional writer. It plays into the tormented artist, right? Trope and all that. Um, but I, I think enjoying the process of writing is something that makes it makes it more joyous when you actually write something wonderful. Just like some seasons, the the happiest, you know, those big three years, you know, the second, the first title in the big three wouldn't have been the same if they had won it the first year. Now, listen, I would have loved it. I would have loved it if they beat the Mavs. The fact that they lost and had to come back and win that, that just made it better. But I enjoyed the journey. The losses stunk. I was upset. I was sad. I didn't say trade LeBron, right? And I, I don't know. Obviously, LeBron isn't Bam. Bam's not LeBron. But maybe we should have a, maybe we should have a bit more patience and understanding that they're a flawed team that are operating under razor thin margins because they don't have a top five player. Um, I say Portugal. Some say people are too attached to their takes. That's another thing too. And I think like I think prediction culture is like pretty shitty, which is why like I always make fun of it on the pregame show. And I, I don't I rarely do like season predictions. If somebody asks me to go on their show, like I do, I did Miami Heat UKs a couple years in a row. I don't like to, do, but you know, like I think it's cool content, but like I don't like it because then you just get married to your prediction. And I'm like, no, like things change in the season. Like people predicted this season would be bad. I don't think anybody predicted their fucking defense would be bad. At some point in the season, I don't think anybody who thought the Duncan Robinson contract was bad. I don't think anybody thought he would be one of the worst shooters in the league. They thought he would be bad because he can't stay on the court because he can't play defense. Nobody thought he couldn't stay on the court because he can't shoot. So it's just because you're, you know, there's a there's a quote in a in, a, in an anime I like. Just because you're correct doesn't mean you're right. Sometimes you get to an answer a way that you did not expect. And does that make you right? I guess. Does it make you correct, though? I don't know. And I feel like a lot of that happens. And it's like everyone's like, oh, I told you so. They're, they stink. Congratulations. You know what I mean? That's not, you know, this is not shooting at a fucking dartboard. Right? It's about, you know, and I think your takes can change with information. And I, I've said a lot. I think one of my problems is I, I wait too long to, uh, I need too much information to, to, make, a, to make a statement. But. I don't know. I, I, I think this, uh, I think, you know, this season coming to an end, um, it's kind of sad. It's, it's certainly, it's certainly been a strange season. Um, but you know, I, I kind of hope that, you know, we can end as a community happier. And I guess this sounds like a weird PSA, but I don't know. It's just been a weird day on Twitter. I'm just trying to make it. I couldn't even be happy that Kyle fucking balled out. You know what I mean? They ruined this for me. And Twitter ruined. It. I'm trying to make jokes and shit and everybody's being mean. I'm like, come on, man. What the fuck's going on? So it is what it is. It is. It is what it is. And we just got to We just got to ride. You know, people are rooting for losses. You know, I think that's, you know, I don't even think it's bad to say, you know what? I don't really want to watch them anymore. I don't really want to watch them get throttled by Milwaukee and have to deal with that. And they have a significantly better chance at a lottery pick. I think that's a totally reasonable take to have. I think it's an absolutely like very level-headed opinion to have. I also think that arguing about if it's right or not 
over and over continually all day is so strange because you're arguing about it. It's not going to change what Miami does. You, you, you're going to tell Jimmy, Jimmy, don't go win. Kyle, don't go win. Bam, don't go win. Do you think that's like, I don't know. Do you think they'd be like, yeah, let's do that? Of course not. No way. They don't. They don't. And sometimes as an organization, you need to make a decision that goes above your players. But there's a reason why very few players ask out of here. And I think it's for that reason. You saw Luca was upset with what the Mavs did. They sat Luca. Chance for the play-in. They sat him. And he was not happy. He even said he wasn't happy. So I think it's a... I want to win. I want my team to make the playoffs. And I want to watch them. You know? I don't like rooting for losses. I want them to win as many games as they can every year because I, I like watching them win, you know, and I'm a fan, you know, I'm a, a, as an analyst, we can, you know, say, oh, well, you know, maybe you know, some ping pong balls, but uh, as a fan I, and, and as somebody who loves these guys and this team, because I do genuinely like them, I want them to succeed. And some might say, well, I want them to succeed in the long term. I think that's totally fair. I think wanting them, I, I I also think that like the idea of like championship or bust is like ridiculous. It's become the base fallification of basketball where it's like Homer, Homer walk or, or, or strikeout. And it's like, well, that's just miserable baseball. You know, that's why the nineties were great. It was, it was, you know, buns and singles and doubles and all that stuff. And that doesn't exist right now. I mean, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but from what I understand, that's kind of become the sport. It's all or nothing. And I feel like that, has kind of transferred over to this. And I just think a lot of things are all or nothing in life, whatever. But, you know, I enjoy the process of a season. I enjoy the process of a playoff run. Uh, if they lose in the first round, I, I'll carry that memory with me. I don't know. I, I enjoy sports differently. I don't, I just don't really get like the arguing consistently on like one way or the other. It's like, well, who gives a fuck? Like, nobody, what? Who cares? Like, I don't, it's just, it just feels like such a weird waste of energy. You're not going to change anybody's mind. And even if you do change their mind, who cares? Because they're not going to listen. Because they're going to... The Heat operate the same way that they have for 25 fucking years. Or 30 years or however long they've been around. They're, they do the same thing. So it's like... You could document your take, I guess. If that's important to you. But like... I don't know. It just feels weird. Um, Rance Provera says, frankly, this team might deserve to get their asses handed to them by the Bucks. Yep. I think making the... Don't, not making the playoffs stinks. Um, sandwich says at the same time, people are allowed to be disappointed, not toxic. There's only so much sunshine pumping. We could do this season. Absolutely. I think you got to be real. You can't be, you can't lie to yourself and lie to what's going on. There has to be a level of realness and honesty that you are willing to do. Um, I, I hope I've never been somebody who sunshine pumps. I, I like to think I've been honest with you guys on how I feel. I think I I've always given you my genuine thoughts on the team. I, I tend to overly believe in guys that I've seen win before, like Jimmy and Bam. And, and I say win in the context of like be successful in the league and all that. So who knows? But all in all, uh, it just feels like an odd waste of energy. And I, I do think that, you know, we got to be honest and uh, we're allowed to change our takes as more information comes up and blah, blah, blah. Um, Mr. Santana305 says, don't prolong the inevitable. Watching the Bucks destroy us isn't going to help our morale. Jimmy just got to check out. And that's why I said I think it's a totally reasonable thing to be like, you know what? It's best for the team. It's objectively true. It's best for the team. They're not beating the Bucks. It's best for the team to like not win this next game and, and get a lottery pick. Um, I will watch with a win, and if they win, I will cheer. And uh, if I get to watch them for four more games, I will 
do that happily. And uh, if not, whatever. Hopefully they can take a game at least. But uh, that's the time we have here today. I went a little longer than I thought. I thought I'd go like 30 minutes. But always nice talking with chat and you guys. Hopefully, um, listen, it's 10 years of doing Miami Heat Beat. And I don't take a single episode for granted. I like being here talking to you guys, whether it's one or 500 of you. Um, it means the world to me that anybody even gives a shit about what we have to say and that you take this ride with us together because I more than anything believe in community and what we have as fans. I think, I think, I think sports are unique because especially on Twitter where, you know, like I'm on anime Twitter and like nobody lives close to each other, right? Because you're just fans of like types of shows or like, you know, like media or whatever. And like, I, it's nice to have friends all over the world. Like I visit my friends in Scotland and in Italy that I've met through anime, but it sucks that we don't all live here. Like on Twitter, South Florida, Twitter, a lot of us, like all, us, he fans, a lot of us live in Miami. So it's nice. Cause we can actually see each other and like, you know, actually convert our friendship from just like a Twitter DM to like actually hanging out and being there for like my friend's baby showers that I met online or the, you know, the, them getting married or stuff like that. So I love community. I love you guys. And let's just, uh, you know, let's enjoy this as long as we can. And uh, we'll totally be honest the whole way through. Remember, pre-gaming. So tomorrow, I believe we're going to have, if the Raptors win, Iman from Dishes and Dimes is going to come on. And we're going to preview Heat Raptors. And I'm sure we're both going to be incredibly self-loathing about our teams. If the Bulls win, I have no idea who I'm going to ask. I don't know if you guys have suggestions for somebody on the Chicago side of things that you would like to hear from. Please let me know. And I will do my best to try to book them. And then we will got you pre and post game on Friday for Heat plus Raptors or Bulls. And uh, if they win, uh, they we will jump right into uh, Heat Bucks on Sunday afternoon. So check out our content. We hang over time after every single Heat game this season. And yeah, enjoy. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com